0: This is the Author Archive podcast. Today, one of my all-time favourite subjects, the one I love to hate, Brexit Unfolded. The book is subtitled, How No One Got What They Wanted and Why They Were Never Going To. And it's written by Professor Chris Gray. I read your book, Chris, and felt very down. And it made me depressed. When you wrote it, what was the effect on you? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I think I've probably got over my uh, my 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 feelings of depression uh possibly by then but um I mean I mean one thing about the, the book which I think it, apart from the you know some of the content may be a bit kind of depressing but I mean part of it I think also is there's quite a lot of drama in it um and, and when you kind of look back over those years, particularly the period sort of 2017, 18 19 when there was so much parliamentary drama going on um and so it kind of you know it 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 it, it has a it has a and i can remember for example doing a broadcast on um um, uh for bbc world service and we were on on college green outside the house of parliament it was one of those big um you know big important votes i can't remember which one it was now um and there were big demonstrations for and against kind of brexit and there was this huge media village sort of permanently parked at that point on, on on college green and suddenly, there's a massive kind of thunderstorm, which seems to just underscore <laughs> the drama of the moment. Um, so, you know, so, so 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 yes, it's 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 a depressing story. It's a dramatic story. It's also a very convoluted story. And I think one of the things I hope is quite important about the book is that is that I mean, I was following the whole process quite closely throughout because because I started writing a weekly blog about it in 2016, um, and so I was quite. You know, I, I was quite kind of okay with the process, but um but you know, looking back on it now, there were so many twists and turns, so many complexities, and now even a few years later, I kind of feel as if some of that history is being rewritten or forgotten, even by people who were familiar with it at the time. So I hope that the book is a record uh, uh, as well of those things.
0: Well, yes, I mean, and 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 sort of major players that I'd. I mean, I hadn't forgotten about Dominic Cummings, but he hadn't been in the forefront of my mind for some time. As you write about it now read about it, does it have uh, a sort of feeling of 1066? Is this sort of ancient history?
1: Well, you know, yes, in some ways it does feel like that, doesn't it? And, 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 of course, so many other dramatic things have happened since, you know, in terms of, you know, everything we've had with pandemic and, you know war and, and and cost of living and all of these kinds of things but i mean i suppose you know so even though it is only you know i mean it's still only 7 years isn't it since the referendum um but i guess what i would say about it is that however it seems we're still living with and will for a long time live with the consequences of those years and i mean just to give one example of that i mean just just at the moment just yesterday um there was another report saying that uh, the 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 import controls the controls on on goods yes. being imported from the EU or being exported from the EU and imported into the UK the import controls are going to be postponed again so there you've got you know one of the kind of key aspects of what Brexit means and it still hasn't been put in place. We've still got I mean it's got out to the news a bit now but we've still got ongoing stuff about Northern Ireland. You know, yes, there's this Windsor framework that was agreed back in January was it? Um, but uh, the actual implementation of that is still to come um, and so um, and many of the other kinds of effects of, of, of Brexit on for example people's holiday travel or on science cooperation all kinds of things these are all still playing out now so yes it's in one sense kind of seems like ancient history but it's also the roots of, of what we're living through
0: Yes, I mean, as I was standing in a queue trying to get into Greece, and our the 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 queue that I was in um for third party, third, third country, third country. was long, yeah. And yeah. um yeah. the jolly border guard said, Well, you voted for it, and you think <laughs> uh no, I didn't, mate. No, yeah. I didn't. Um uh, yeah. uh, today, as we talk, Trump is in the news and we can see. That he lies. That's what he does. When you
1: write about the history of Brexit,
0: were we lied to, Chris?
1: Well, I try to be very careful about this, uh, and certainly, you know, when it comes to talking about particular individuals, yeah. as to what I would say. Um, I think that, you know, I mean I, I, I think there may have been people who were telling, um, who were telling, uh, who are consciously and deliberately kind of telling lies. But I think there were also uh, an awful lot of, uh, of 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 misunderstandings, of myths that had grown up over it. In some cases, over quite a long period. Um, you had, you know, sometimes people can become so blinkered by things that, that 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 one can say they're telling lies, but they're not necessarily telling lies in the conscious sense of deliberately kind of misleading. Um, so that's a sort of a, a fairly sort of <laughs> charitable answer. But, it, but 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 less charitably, I mean, I was looking the other day, for example, at um, at some of the um, vote leave campaign material. You know, giving this kind of incredible picture of how, if you were to vote to leave, how it would transform the the national health service, not just because of the money, but you know, but, but that was claimed it would have, but just it was just you know, just generally now. You know, I don't know whether we call this this lies, but it was it was it was intensely manipulative. Yes.
0: Now, um, I'm past the first flush of youth quite a long time ago, and I'm of the demographic which is supposed to have voted for it. I am of the demographic which is supposed to read the Daily Mail. Um, like watching royal weddings like seeing land of hope and glory and i don't like any of that so what what in your analysis which part of the population
1: actually got
0: this through who were they
1: well i mean i mean in terms of the in terms of the, the voters and i should say that the book is, isn't isn't about the vote uh now it's about the I, mean, I mean I mean the book is basically you know the story of what happened afterwards so it begins on the day after the referendum. Um, but, but 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 you know, but, but, but but nonetheless it's it it's it's, it's it's an important question also in terms of the opinion polling now and all the rest of it. Um, you know, yes, I, I mean, there are clear trends in that in terms of the age, uh, you know, I, I, of course, you know, there are plenty of exceptions. Clearly, you're, yes. you're one of them. So, you know, whenever whenever you talk about demographic trends, you know, you, you're, you're talking about it as a, as a you know, as a as a, as a, as a as a general level. In the same way, you know, people I think and I think sometimes people. A, a bit foolish about this in a way that you know that we sort of hear oh voters in Grimsby uh, you know their fishing industry is suffering and people some some people on the sort of remain side said oh well you know they they shouldn't have voted to leave but of course you know even where even where areas have voted you know fifty percent sixty percent even seventy percent to leave there were still thirty percent forty percent who didn't you know um so we have to we have to always always remember that but yes. I mean, there was a clear pattern in terms of uh in terms of it tending to be older voters, in terms of it tending to be less educated voters. And those two things were somewhat mi- somewhat linked because of the fact that of course um you know the, the availability of higher education to older people was considerably less than for younger people. Um it tended to be linked to a a bit economic inactivity again those things were linked because if you're older you'll be more likely to be a pensioner more likely to be economic uh, economically inactive um it was linked to some extent you know to particular parts of the country um and um so yes you know there were patterns that. and then underneath that which i think is also kind of interesting and, and important is that Those things linked linked to a whole set of other views about other things, so that um, I think, for example, I saw that that, you know there's a kind of quite a strong association with people who would support the return of the death penalty and people who voted to leave, or people who were uh, felt that feminism had been a force for uh, a force for 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 the worse were more likely to also you know to vote to leave, and that's a whole set of things like that, and that's one of the reasons why. The whole debate about Brexit and everything around Brexit, you know, at one level it's this kind of very rather technical kind of thing, which 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 opinion polls showed nobody was really much interested in except for a few people, you know, prior to the referendum. And what happened, I think, and has continued to happen, is that Brexit became a kind of a um a code almost for or a symbol of a whole set of other things, of other divisions, of other resentments, of of other um of other things. And then all of that kind of became projected onto this sort of onto this onto this Brexit thing, which is why, you know, there's still so much anger around it, around it on both sides. Yeah.
0: I mean your book finishes, well, this is how we got to where we are. What do we do now? And um it seems that one of the weaker points of your book. Could be. Well, what do we do now? Because we don't know, do we?
1: Yes, I'm sure that is a, a, a weak point of the, of the book. But if it's a weak point of the book, it's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a a reflection of the genuine fact that, yes. that, that, that I don't that I don't know, and I don't think many people do. Okay, so so the book. Um, I mean, the, the book we're talking about now actually came out in. It came originally came out in 2021, but it's about to have a new edition coming out. Which and, and the the original edition ended at the end of the transition uh, period. So at the end of December 2020, is that right? Um, and then and then the new book, the new edition of the book, then then sort of tell, includes the story from 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 then, uh, so beginning of, of 2021 through to effectively uh, uh, last June. Uh, the seventh anniversary of the referendum. Um, and, and, and at the end of that, I kind of say, look, the situation is that we're effectively at politically at a kind of an impasse about Brexit because there's a widespread agreement that has gone wrong. Um, and I think I call the the, the, the new part of the book, uh, you read out the title of the book, of the of the book, uh, uh, um, of the original book, sort of saying how no one got what they wanted and why they were never going to and the new bit is, is is entitled, and now they don't know what to do about it. <laughs> yes. And what that really is meant to kind of reflect is that, you know, it's very clear, you know, certainly it's clear from the opinion polls um, that, um, that people think, uh, you know, for example, um, about 56% of the population think that Brexit was a mistake, and about 32% think that it wasn't a mistake, and the others, which is about whatever it is, uh, don't know. If you strip out the don't knows, about sixty four percent, about two thirds of people, if you strip out the don't knows, think Brexit was a mistake, and something like um, I think in the in the book I say nine percent, but there's been a poll since saying five percent, but nine percent or even five percent think that Brexit has been a success. Okay, and 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 this and this spans people from everybody from um, you know. I know Michael Heseltine, who, you know, obviously never thought, you know, it was always a mess to say, right through to Nigel Farage, who said, you know, not too long ago, Brexit has been a failure. Now, Farage didn't mean by that, um, and, and I think, you know, some, <laughs> to be fair to him, if we have to be, that, so, so, you know, that some people seized on that quote and kind of said as if he was sort of, as if he was saying it had been the wrong thing to do. He he doesn't mean that. What he and most of the other Brexiters mean when they say it's been a failure is, that it hasn't uh, is, 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 is that say, oh, it hasn't been done right. Okay. But so this is the problem, because it is, we haven't got, we've got widespread agreement that it was a mistake, that it's a, been a failure, that, you know, all of these kinds of things. But there is no agreement on why that is. So some people would say, well, many people would say, you know, it was, it was, it was, it, 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 it is exactly what we expected, and it's useless and it's rubbish and it's failed. But clearly, for many of the people on the Brexit side, they would say, "Well, uh, it's because it hasn't been done properly." Now, there is lots of things mixed up in that, and that's why the book is called, um, or part of you know, part of the title is is um, is is you know, they were never going to get what they wanted, and, and I think it's really important to understand that that means a lot of different things. It means you know, obviously, remainers didn't get what they wanted, um, but some people who were leavers wanted a very different kind of leaving. Um and the fact that the fact that vote leave never specified a form of leaving is really at the heart of everything which is I would say has since happened and since gone wrong. So you've got some people who wanted to leave, but they wanted to leave in a different way. You've got some people who uh who who wanted to leave because of the promises that were made and now see the promises were false and so they are now unhappy. But then I think you've got a group of people, and I would probably put Farage in this camp, and many of the most sort of uh, committed Brexiters, who I think the fact is, is that whatever form of Brexit had been delivered, they would have been unhappy. Because fundamentally, it's a kind of a politics of grievance. There's nothing that can satisfy. There's nothing that can satisfy. They want. And it's partly to do with, and I talk about this quite a lot in the book, a sort of an idea of kind of like victimhood, you know. Oh, well, you know, we are the victims of the elite. And so as soon as you say we're victims of the elite, well, what happens when you win a referendum? Well, you can't be victims anymore because you're victors. You are and the so elite. <laughs> you've had the result. Yeah. Immediately the result comes through. They, the only way you can square the circle is to say, ah, oh, yes, but now we've been betrayed. So we're victims again. And so that's so that's the kind of the trap that it's kind of in. So so then that's a big problem in terms of what you what do you do now when you can't agree why it is you might agree that it's that it's gone wrong, but you don't agree on why.
0: One of the big problems. Um, I mean, I I was horrified, and I remain horrified because if you fill in anything, are you a remainer or are you a leaver? You've got this stamp now. You've got this divisive stamp and we do seem to be a society that's riven it was 4852 it doesn't really matter what those numbers have changed to it produces discontent and almost hostility
1: yeah and you know i mean i think it's still the case that in plenty of families there are people who are you know not on speaking terms because of uh you know because of the vote and, and all that i mean look, i suppose to some extent we can expect that to kind of It probably already has sort of dissipated, you know, a a little bit a few years and it will probably continue to dissipate because, going back to what you said about about the demographics of the vote, of course, the reality of that is um, this is they're all dying uh, off, but you know, to the extent that they were older, you know, and then obviously new younger people who were too young to even have the vote, you know, they by definition are not sort of. You wouldn't kind of characterize them as levers and remainers per se, because you know because they were not voters. So I suppose that you know that 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 in, and this. I mean, this also goes back to your question: of what What do we do now? Is that I mean, part of what part of the issue is that it's going to take quite a long time to do anything much because this kind of toxicity and poison needs to kind of sort of you know if you like drain out of of the of the political system and the political memory. Um, uh, so that's one thing, uh, but the other thing I think is is that, precisely because so much of this stuff actually is quite technical and quite boring, um, there is scope even within the frame of the Brexit that we have got. There is scope, uh, and the lay and, and a future Labour government, if, if we you know on the expectation the next government will be a Labour government, you know, talks about making Brexit work. Now everyone mocks that because you Know if you think well, it can't work, you know, so 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 this is sort of I kind mean, of meaningless thing, but I think it's not entirely meaningless in the sense that even in the context that we have got, there are some things that you could do to soften some of the edges, not really to shift the dial of the dodge. But I mean, to give a kind of concrete example, which the Labour Party appear to be committed to, is that they are talking about, um, they are talking about, um, uh, what well, in the jargon is called dynamic alignment of sanitary and phytosanitary regulations. <laughs> now nobody cares about it. Right? Oh, I mean, many people who know about it care about it, but, but 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 in terms of this issue of political toxicity, this just is not. This is just not what people are talking about, in, you know, and they, and they never were. Um, but what it effectively means is 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 um, is not just keep not just sticking with EU regulations and EU standards as regards. Um, animals, plants, food and so on, but crucially committing to stick to them, okay so because at the moment we've got this crazy situation where we've basically still got the same standards as the EU but because we're not in the single market, we have to have border checks now, if we were to commit and the EU have offered this, if we were to commit not just to currently having the same standards but to but to matching and changing, and keeping in lockstep with the EU standards as they change, then we could get rid of a whole lot of 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 the checks on the border, uh, and that would also be very helpful in terms of Northern Ireland, by the way, you know, because a lot of the checks relate to these regulations. So something like that could be done, and and the reason it wasn't done was because in the kind of the 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 heat and the um, Extremism in some ways of this kind of sovereignty at any costs Brexit that was negotiated by Boris Johnson and David Frost um, that this was sort of seen as oh well uh, we, 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 we we this this is losing our sovereignty you know but actually you know the whole this whole thing was an illusion illusion anyway about sovereignty and regulation because the reality is is that over most things not just sanitary and fighter sanitary over most things. UK regulations, UK regulations remain the same as European regulations. They're bound to because 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 Britain is a much smaller market than the European Union.
0: Yes, but I mean, you're talking to me with an academic grasp of truth, and you're speaking it as it is. This is quite rare in this uh, in this country in which we now live. You're talking um, about politics. But it's really difficult to get a politician to talk honestly about politics. They go all mealy mouthed. On the Tory side, they still have to be Brexiteers, don't they? Even if it's complete and utter tosh, they have to uh, genuflect towards that altar. And over the other side, everyone's sort of, I don't know what they're afraid of. Because there are more yeah. of us on their side than the, than there yeah. are on the other.
1: I mean, you know, one of the things in the um in the news section of the book is to sort of is to talk about this, you know, very uh, extraordinary kind of you know sort of politi- you know, taboo or or a murder yeah. as some people would call it about about Brexit. I mean, actually, even the Lib Dems don't say very much about no. about Brexit anymore. Um, and I mean, I think you know it's it. I mean, it goes back to this toxicity and. And and um and as you say, I mean, within the Tory party certainly with a very few exceptions, it's it's you know, I mean I mean a lot of the kind of the more moderate and sort of remaining kind of types in terms of MPs were got rid of anyway. They disappeared at the at the last election. Um I mean, if you remember, Boris Johnson took uh, took the whip away from I think twenty of them uh, yeah. who voted against him. appalling uh, some of them had it restored, but 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 but, but uh, you know others didn't. Um, and so a lot of those people have sort of been have been kind of driven out of the Tory Party, and and even where they uh, and there's a few of them still around. to Tobias Ellwood talks about single market and so on, but basically, you know, it, it is it's like um, uh, you know, it, it, it's just become like this kind of article of faith that you can't um. That you can't say you anything about it. Labour obviously is a much more kind of complicated situation, and I think that, um, you know, this we all know, you know, a big reason is for it is that they're kind of worried about you know, Labour leave voters in traditional seats, even the ones who have now kind of gone off Brexit a bit. They are probably, um, of the view not that Brexit was the wrong thing to do, but that it was done in the wrong way. Now, I think that Labour. Uh, could be a bit bolder about that. Um, and I suppose in a way, that's what when they say make Brexit work, that's kind of the constituency of people that they're sort of trying to, um, uh, trying to speak to. But I think more than anything else, and I really do, although I find it infuriating, I also kind of completely understand it and sympathise with it, is that they think that if they um make a big noise about Brexit, and certainly in terms of doing anything as... Um, as significant as seeking to rejoin the single market they I think there's two aspects of this one is is that they think it would be a gift to the Tories who would suddenly be able to you know whip up all this toxicity again your enemies of the people you've never accepted and all this kind of thing and so they kind of like feel we know how cautious and scared they are of losing their poll lead um and so it's just we don't want to rock the boat we don't want to give the Tories the chance to sort of do this but I think there is another important aspect to this as well, which is supposing Labour were to commit to not to rejoining the EU, but 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 to say to to the more something more more basic, which would be uh, seeking to join the single market, or maybe uh, seeking to have a customs treaty. You can't join the customs union if you're not in, in the yeah. EU, but you can have a customs treaty. Um, but the difficulty with that is that it can't be assumed that the EU would agree to this um and so if labor were to make as their policy pitch even leaving aside that the, they were going to seek to rejoin the single market you know the the danger is is that is that even if they could, could get away with that domestically it would set them up for a for a huge policy failure in their first office and the reason i say that is because um is because Is because from an EU perspective, the idea of Britain doing a customs treaty or joining the single market is not really viable unless there is a sustained cross-party consensus for it. Because otherwise, and and obviously this is even more true for the idea of rejoining the EU. um, But just for but even on the on the issue of single market, it would be. and of course, what would come with the single market would be freedom of movement of people. So that whole debate would get opened up again and so on and so forth. Um, but, but, but but, but, just from an EU perspective, you know, going through the whole process of accession into the single market, and what, then five years down the line, you get a revived Tory party who says, no, no, we're coming out again, you know? Um, so I think that, so I understand um what Labour's position is on this. I mean, I think some of the language they've used has been a bit unfortunate to t- so say, oh, you know, you know, single market is never going to happen. I don't think that was particularly going to say. But again, you can understand why because if they give even a hint of anything different, they know that they're going to be monstered by the Tories and monstered by the by the Tory Tory media as well.
0: As this whole process and you've category you've catalogued it almost day by day has it sanctioned our country um to become more
1: illiberal
0: has it made that okay
1: i don't know i think i think it's I, i mean i think it's brought i think it's brought to the surface and made more overt the divisions between with a small l liberal and illiberal kinds of views i i don't know that um i mean in many ways you know a lot of the ways that the the the, 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 the those debates are going on now in terms of you know in terms of 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 uh you know woke politics and, and all this and and and, and uh, all this kind of thing i mean you and i are both kind of old enough to to I can certainly remember it. all through my my childhood and beyond. You know, people talking about you know, oh, political correctness gone mad, and you know, the silent majority never get heard, and you know, all of these kinds of things. Um, and I did, and that isn't and that isn't you know that, that isn't really kind of you know particularly kind of, of of new. I don't think. Um, it's maybe given a certain um, added a certain kind of coarseness to the the the, yes. the, the way those things are talked about. Um, but whether whether any of that is 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 fundamentally new, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you know, I mean, a bigger question, or not necessarily bigger, but a kind of related question, is to do with you know some of these things that we can going on can see going on in relation to the Brexit debate and the allied things around you know around them, um, uh, you know, wokers yeah, and whatever. Um, you know, these these are clearly you know related to similar things that we can see in the United States, similar things that we can see in France um and other countries and i think that a lot of that is to do with the here we see what happens when industrial countries deindustrialize, um because all of that kind of or a lot of a lot of that kind of, of of upsurge around kind of populism if you want to call it that it comes from um former industrial areas in the north of england or from the kind of the you know kind of you know, blue collar you know the american rust belt or de-industrialized areas in particularly various parts of france and and, and so on and i i guess you could kind of say that 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 the somehow we have not that we have not created a politics which have which has kept up with that uh transition if you like from 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 a, from a a a manufacturing and industrial, world. you know what do you do with and and, and those then are, are people who then will kind of say, um, you know well we we want to go back to how things were and, and and, and one of the kind of the tragedies and also, uh, uh, manipulations of the uh, Brexit kind of camp, uh, and, and, and the people who campaigned to leave, was this was 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 that. Most of these people, many of these people were very much on the kind of the free market right. You know, they 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 don't didn't give a damn about deindustrialization or um or or or, or the condition of, of of you know of working class people in the north of England. They were just making use of that.
0: Chris, this book, Brexit Unfolded, How No One Gets What They Wanted and Why They Were Never Going To of the things that's kept your life going? Is writing about it? Do you, <laughs> do you see that there's going to be enough grist to the mill, food yeah. on the plate from the Brexit plate to keep you going?
1: Well, that's a really, that's a really, a really great question, and a really, um, and one which, 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 is very personally uh, difficult in a way, one, am because, because there's a book, and that's one thing, but I write the weekly blog. Um and and that is an awful lot of work. Um it's I mean I mean most typically I post on Friday morning, it's about three thousand words long. Um but it's very tightly kind of packed with references to to to, yeah. to media and other kinds of reports, um, and often it involves looking at a particular policy areas that I maybe don't know much about, so I have to spend a lot of time kind of looking it up because accuracy is important to me. There's there's so much misinformation, and it doesn't just come from Brexiters. There's plenty of people on the Remain side who also uh, who also say all kinds of, of, of things which are which are not which are not true. So it's a lot of work. Um, and so it probably takes, you know, I mean, it, it, I mean it's not quite a full-time job, but it's not far from it. I've actually taken a break from it this summer because things um, tend to go a bit quieter in the summer politically, although there's always stuff going on. Um, and um, it has been, you know, quite liberating in a way, not to have this sort of, you know... Uh, so I, I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn because in one way the longer it's gone on. I mean, when I started it, I never imagined it was going to get, a, you know, it's got a huge readership and and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, an influential readership of politicians, journalists, and, and I never imagined that was going to happen. And now the fact that it's there and it exists as what some people are generous enough to call, you know, something that will be part of the kind of historical record of Brexit, that then makes me go, okay, well, I'm going to go on it. I want to go on with it. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a question about well, how long does that go on? I mean, what what would the end point be? Um, I mean, if it's the case, and I, I think you know, undoubtedly, is the case that you know, in one way or other, the 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 ramifications of Brexit are going to go on for you know, probably for decades. Um, uh, so I don't know. I mean, there are many people who believe that you know that that, that we will rejoin the EU. Uh, I, I think that's well, if that if that happens, I think it will be a long way off. Um, but I mean, even if you know, if I don't, I don't think anyone really thinks that's likely to happen. You know, in five ten years. So it it looks as if I'm kind of lashed to the wheel for a long time. <laughs> but I do enjoy it at the same time. You know, and I and of course I'm kind of you know fascinated and interested and so on. So you know, this isn't an unwilling labour. I mean, it's not a kind of a. It's not a sort of a. You know, it's not like sort of. Um, being sentenced by the gods to keep rolling the stone <laughs> up the hill because I sentenced myself to it. but So I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but for the time being, certainly I'll continue.
0: Well, the book is a great read. Made me really, really thank cross you. and brought back some <laughs> horrible memories. Brexit <laughs> unfolded. How no one got what they wanted and why they were never going to. Chris Gray. <laughs> Professor Gray, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks, David. And thanks for so many interesting and, and, and uh, thought-provoking questions. Really appreciate it.